Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I'm joined today by my handsome husband and co-host, Dewey. Hi, my beautiful wife, and hello to all the cat fans in this great big cat world. Just want to say thank you for listening, and uh, we are going to have another great show, as we always do. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can build confidence in your cat, Anthony Robbins' way. <laughs> yeah, make them walk across hot coals. It does it every time. <laughs> yeah. Well, but actually, before we jump into that topic of how to build confidence in your cat, I, I want to thank a listener, Amanda Macklinan. I hope I'm hope I'm not just butchering your name there, Amanda. She's from the Black Isle of Scotland. And she's tuning into Cat Talk Radio, and I want to thank her for sending me pictures of her sweet cat, Patty. And Patty was rescued from the Scotland SPCA, and he's Amanda's first cat. And she was Googling resources for caring for cat and found our podcast, and she found our information to be very helpful. So even though we're no longer doing a Cat of the Week because we're not live every Friday afternoon, we're pre-recording these a couple days ahead of when they launch, and then we're storing them in podcasts. But anyway, Patty is our Cat of the Week. He can be our Cat of the Month. So thanks for tuning in, Amanda and Patty. We really appreciate you tuning in from Black Isle of Scotland. That's so cool. Yeah, that's very cool. You know, we get statistics every week on where um, our show is being listened to and and more and more we are really more global and I think there's different countries kind of added at different times and there's more and more people to each one of those countries and to all those out there that are listening we love to hear from you we want to hear from you so thank you thank you thank you again for listening to us and um, let the world keep on going and let us all Start sharing this information to save more cats around the world. And that's that's amazing. I, you're doing great work here, Molly. And I really appreciate that and appreciate all the listeners that are listening. So in that, let's jump into today's podcast. And let's start talking about how does someone know if their cat is not confident? How do you know that? That's a good place to start. Um, so the reason I picked this topic, again, it seems like every week I, I pick a topic of something I've heard a lot that week. So I come in contact with a lot of cat owners and potential cat owners at the shelter the days I'm there. And then, of course, people contact me by email and, and clients and things with questions. And so anytime I have a week where I've got two or three of the same types of questions, I think, hmm, we should do a, a podcast on this. So... I seem to hear that people call their cats not confident when they're either jumpy, like a cat is, you know, loud noises, or you walk into a room and it didn't see you and it jumps, you know, kind of a a jumpy cat, 
or also cats that are shy and, and might be hiding are labeled as not confident. You know, in the military, uh, we the way they built confidence in the military is they get you up early in the morning and they start you off calisthenics and you start doing push-ups and sit-ups and jumping jacks and, you know, up-down drills and then you run five miles and then you're supposed to be confident after that. But I'm assuming we're not going to be talking about that. So let's jump right in here. <laughs> well, how do we build confidence in a cat? <laughs> That's right. Come on, Tabasco. You're doing push-ups up, like down, a up, girl. Down, up, let's down, go. Kitty, let's kitty. go. Up, down, up, down. <laughs> Yeah, no, that doesn't work for cats. Okay. <laughs> so the first way we got, I've got 12 ways here, actually, I'm going to give you 12 ways to build confidence in your cat. So the first way is to create routines and rituals that the cat can count on. So everything in a cat's world is on time and runs on schedule. So this is, it creates a sense of predictability and a sense of control for the cat. So we know, we know, or everyone else knows, I think you have a different perspective, but everyone else knows it's a cat's world, right? And they control everything. How do you do this? (laughs) It's true. It is a cat's world and they are in control. Just in case you had any doubts, the cats are in control. Um, but the reason why routines and rituals are, are so important for cats is they're highly territorial. And, and territory confidence is very, very important to them. If they are living in the wild and, and in their territory, enjoying their day, doing the same thing every day, and there's a surprise, it makes them feel like a victim of circumstance or, in that case, maybe prey. Because cats are both predator and prey. So they spend a lot of their waking hours worrying about, you know, who's gonna, who's gonna eat them that day. So they don't like surprises. They want everything to be predictable. And and it's a lot like people, you know, there are a lot of people that don't like to be surprised. Like, you know, when, when somebody plans a trip for them, and doesn't tell them where they're going. Don't worry, honey, just pack a suitcase and it's going to be a surprise. Well, there's a lot of people that that makes them squirm. They don't, they don't like not knowing what's coming because, you know, for quite frankly, they're probably struggling with control issues too. You know, I challenge people uh, that are listening to this podcast to, to know whether or not your cat is in control. Find your cat. Look him, straight, look him or her straight in the eye and say, are you in control? And I mm-hmm. challenge you to see what the answer is. And I'll bet you every time it will be a blank look like you don't know I'm in control. <laughs> so cats you know have so control issues, okay? <laughs> no, what's going to happen is the cat's going to get up and walk over to the food bowl and sit down and you're going to go, oh, you're hungry and you're going to feed them. And then the cat's going to say, see, I'm in control. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be interested to hear anybody that's listening to this, try that and then just shoot us a quick email and tell us what happened. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, okay. Cats have control issues. We get it. Okay. What's number two then? So number two is to be consistent in behavior modification and the way you treat the cat. So what that means is all family members need to be on the same page about what it's okay 
for a cat to do. So mom can't be against the cat being on the counters, but dad thinks it's cute. It sends the cat confusing messages and they aren't clear about what's expected of them. Okay. I think all these are going to apply to people too, right? So what's (laughs) number three? So far they have. (laughs) (laughs) Number three is making sure there are enough resources for all the cats in the house so that everybody feels like there's enough. For instance, if there aren't enough litter boxes, a cat has to worry about having a safe place to go, you know, a place where he won't be ambushed by another cat or another cat's not bullying or blocking the access to the litter boxes. And then when it comes to feeding, if you don't allow cats their zone of ownership when they're eating, and that zone of ownership is about a minimum of about two feet apart, then they'll feel like they have to compete for their food. Okay. Now, that one doesn't necessarily apply to people. Okay, because I'm fine with you eating off my plate, my love. (laughs) And I don't don't like to sit two feet away from you or more when we eat. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I like to be close. And you can have all the food on my plate if you would like. It's all yours if you want. (laughs) I'd be nudging it over, you know, like that show with the two dogs and the little... little, um, uh, spaghetti and meatball. I'll be nudging the meatball to you. And, uh, <laughs> lady, that's Lady and a Tramp, honey. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Calling me a Tramp? Like no, 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 no. There's got to be there's got to be a kitty equivalent show that does the same thing, and probably two cats fighting. Give me that meatball. <laughs> <laughs> well, so okay, but I do like you know us having two separate bathrooms, and you know, so let's lead this into number four. Yeah, so the fourth way to build confidence in your cat is to make sure that you're not overcrowding your space with too many cats that are competing for or carving out a territory. So there are lots of formulas on how many cats per square foot you should have. In fact, we did a whole episode on how many cats you should have a month or so ago. So in the wild, Cats like to have a lot of space. If left to their own devices, a cat will stake out about a six and a half city block area to say, this is my territory. And in school, they taught us that if we were going to provide enough space for a cat, that we would have to have a 10 bedroom home per cat. So, I mean, and that's huge and that's ridiculous, but that's what they said. And I like the one-to-one lap formula. So cats should not have to compete for affection when they want it. You know, quick story before we move to the next one. I just noticed on the news that somebody captured on a video cam outside their house mountain lions, and there were five. And they say that it's very rare that you see um, one mountain lion. You might see two during a mating season or something or whenever there's kittens involved. But to see five all together kind of rewrites the book a little bit. So, you know, we're talking about how cats and, I mean, mountain lions, I believe, fit in that category. Uh, But in the wild, kind of live apart like that. And that's supposed to be the norm. But that was kind of interesting. So, um, well, you know, different lineages of cats. So, obviously, lions, um, lions have prides. So, they do have a little bit more of a social structure than some other lineages of cats. You know, our our house cats are descendants of an African wild cat, which is a a small cat, bigger than our cats are now, but look a lot like our cats do, like a brown tabby. 
Um, and and this particular lineage of cats and most big cats don't don't have a social structure, so they don't they don't pack together. You don't see them in groups like that. So you're right. That is that is very unusual and makes you wonder what was going on to cause all of them the those big cats to be together in the same space. That's interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. I watched the little video clip of where somebody had gotten, uh, had taken it off of their outside camera, and all five of them, five. I mean, it was interesting to see that many. And it was, you know, as we're talking about that, it led me down that way. But back to what we were talking about. What, what if you don't have a lap cat? Does that mean you can have more cats? <laughs> well, let's just say. Um, refer to the episode on how many cats you should have because there's a lot of a lot of things to consider when considering what is overcrowding. You know, a lot of people think overcrowding in a household is when it's too much poop and pee for me to scoop, or you know, when it's too high maintenance for me. That's how I know I have too many cats. Well, it's not about us. It's about what's comfortable for the cat. So. You know, and you'd be surprised. But other people I've heard, you know, that listen to that episode always tell me, I thought you were going to say one, that we should all only have one cat. And that's not what we say at all. So go find that podcast and listen to it. And that'll answer that question. Okay, well, let me let me jump into this side. Let me let me just start giving you some of the numbers that I think I know. So number I think number five is having high places and lounge places. Tell us about that. Yeah, that is that is the the fifth way is make sure you've got plenty of high places for your cats to explore and plenty of places to lounge um, for for multiple reasons. Cats love to climb. They climb. They have to climb. Just like scratching, they have to climb. So give them easy ways to climb. It 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 expands the square footage. Because now, you know, for every little bit of vertical space you give them is like increasing the overall square footage. So it helps with overcrowding. It helps them to do what comes naturally to them anyway. They like to get up high. They want to get up above your head. Again, it goes back to that sense of feeling in control when they're sitting up above us. Helps make them feel like they're in control and that they're not going to be prey to some predator out there. And then... You know, lounge spots, you got to make sure you have more than the number of cats. You don't want any silent bullying or arguments about who's going to get to lay in that favorite window lounge seat, you know, this afternoon when the sun shines in. So lots of those kinds of resources is very important. You know, uh, it reminds me of King of the Hill, and I think uh, cats build confidence when they feel like they're at the highest place and they're overlooking everybody else and everything else, and it's sort of their domain. Again, it goes back to the lion pride that likes to, you know, like we see on, uh, what was it, Lion King, you know, up on the top of the hill overlooking all the animals and the prides, and so I can see where that builds a lot of confidence in them. So, if number if if that was number five, then I would assume number six is prey play. How does that help them build their confidence? Mm-hmm. So prey play is a very important thing to build confidence in a cat. It helps them to feel like they've accomplished something, something really important, the kill. Because in the wild, they'll spend six hours a day hunting, and when they catch and bite 
that prey, it releases serotonin in their brain, which gives them a really good feeling. So prey play gives them confidence in that, look, I, I got it, I killed it. And then the boost of serotonin reinforces the fact that that's a good thing because it feels good right after when they deliver that kill bite. So there's also an episode on prey play, I believe. We've done an episode on prey play, haven't we? I think so. Anyway, if not, about you don't a lot find it and you have any question on what it is or how to do it, shoot me an email, molly at cattalkradio.com, and I will send you a, a handout of an article I wrote on how to pray play with your cat. Well, this is pretty good. I'm getting these down pretty well. So I'm assuming number seven is something that you do almost every day, which is your clicker training class. And let me just put a little note in there that clicker training class is available for anyone who's listening and you would like to have Molly come there and help you understand what that is and how it works and affects. So off that one for a minute, a little advertisement. <laughs> so th- I'm sure that that probably builds confidence in the same way as prey play. They feel like they've accomplished something. Is that, I'm, I'm guessing here, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And, and let me define what you just said. I can't make a trip to Arkansas to teach one person how to clicker train their cats. So I do hold clicker training classes in Dallas and New Mexico and Santa Fe, New Mexico in particular, regularly throughout the year. And, uh, and I'm absolutely available to come to shelters to, to teach that for your adopters so that they know how to, how to use clicker training at home for their, for their cats. Um, clicker well, training maybe goes we'll make it Maybe we'll make it virtual sometime. We might do that. So yeah. <laughs> clicker yeah, training we'll goes a that. long way <laughs> in building <laughs> confidence because cats, and this is really key to the difference between clicker training in dogs and clicker training with cats. When you clicker train a cat, they think that they've trained you. And again, that gives them a sense of control. So the cat goes, look, 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 Charlie. I know how to give her, get her to give us a treat and comes over and high fives you or comes over and sits up at your feet. And so they think they've actually trained you and, and that feeds back into that need to be in control of things at all times. So clicker training is also, you know, if you've got a scared or shy cat that is having trouble interacting with people, clicker training is an excellent way to get them to learn to interact with you. And when you have people come over and visit, you show them, okay, hold the treat here, hold that, you know, say high five or sit up and spin or whatever and and have them also reinforce those behaviors with the clicker training skills. So that's a good one. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good at this. All right, so number eight. Number eight, I would assume it would be uh, keeping the cat's environment calm and peaceful would build confidence, right? So- yeah, it does. And it, it goes along with predictability as well as respects their sensitive level of hearing and smelling. You know, all of a cat's senses, their sight, their hearing, their smell are far more advanced than ours. They they can hear a lot better in higher decibels and, and they smell, gosh, you know, 600 times stronger than we do. So we've got to remember to respect that cat's world, which is very different than ours, and keep, like, things quiet in a house. 
means don't blare the TV and the music. Keep them, you know, at, at lower levels. Don't shout and yell and speak real loud. You know, and, and a real important one is don't have a lot of scents like room deodorizers and plug-in scented things around because, you know, scented litter, all that stuff is for us. And, you know, we can't, you know, we can't smell it as strongly as a cat does, but that is overwhelming to a cat. Not to mention that repeated exposure to that in a cat's environment will also give it um, lung disease. So think of your cat and think of making that cat's environment as calm and peaceful as, as you possibly can. Woohoo, I got that number eight right. So let's see if I can come up with another one here. We got 12 of these to go. So let's think of number nine might be, how about we spend time with it in their hiding place? Would that build confidence? Um, Yeah, if you have a shy cat that goes off and hides, you know, some theories are to just, you know, let them let them be where they are and and not bother them. Um, But, you know, if the cat gets comfort from you, it's a good thing to go to where it's hiding and sit there and read a book or talk to it and pet it. It also challenges them a little bit. You know, it presses their boundaries out of their comfort zone. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. You know, part of me says we should respect their space. I always like to have a, a, a home plate or a safe zone or a sanctuary cat tree where the cats can go, where everybody in the house knows when the cat goes to that spot, nobody pets it, nobody walks up and touches it. That's the cat's zone. Do not interact with the cat when it's in that cat tree. And the cat will learn when it wants affection, it knows it has to be somewhere else. And when it wants to be left alone, it goes to that space. So I think you should have at least one area where there's a safe zone, nobody's going to mess with you. And then, um, yeah, and, and then if they're hiding and the cat takes comfort from you being there, go spend time with them in the places they like to hide. That's a good thing. So I could just imagine having a cat tree capable of holding the the owner. And so the owner crawls up in the cat tree next to the cat, and they crawl up and take a nap together. Okay, that'll work. I think that'll build my <laughs> no, confidence, too. <laughs> I said the cat tree is supposed to be the safe zone <laughs> oh, when nobody see. bothers it. <laughs> I thought it was a place that we were supposed to you spend know, like, with them up in the tree. No, like if they go into your <laughs> closet and they hide under your pants, you know, the pants were all hanging there in a row, cat goes in there, hides in the back of the closet, go in the closet and sit on the floor and talk to them. Open the pants, you know, spread Crawl spread those things that are too. hanging. Okay. No, just sit there on the floor next to them <laughs> and read them a book. Read them Lion King. Ah. Yeah, li- <laughs> there we go. That's a, that's, a, that's a good confidence builder. Okay, Kitty, we're going to read Lion King in the closet. Come on out. <laughs> That'll be good. <laughs> okay, so uh, let me... Let me guess it at number 10. Okay, so what if we give the cats choices like A, B, C, D? Okay, pick a choice, Kitty. How do you give cat choices? Yes, giving a cat a choice is absolutely one of the 10 essentials. So I think you cheated and got that off my 10 essentials sheet because one of the 10 essentials every cat needs is choices. 
Um, so you got to make sure that all the resources are set up with escape routes and that you don't have any dead ends in the home. So what that means is litter boxes, you know, are not covered with one entrance in and out. They've got to have, you know, be uncovered. Or if you have an open top and, and high sides, drill another hole, cut another hole in the back so that there's two ways. Same thing with hide boxes. You know, we're doing that in the shelter now where we'll make a hide box and we'll cut an entrance hole in the front. We'll cut another one in the side so that there's two escaped routes every time they go somewhere, at least two. Um, and, and beds, same thing. Don't put a bed where it's in a dead end zone, in a corner where they can be cornered. You know, put it where they have two escape routes. And, and even if you don't have things in the home that are threatening the cat, like you don't have dogs that are always in their business or things like that, it just makes them feel more confident if they have choices in everything they do. And especially like eating areas. Don't put your cat's food dish in the closet where it has to go and it's a dead end thing. Feed them in the kitchen where they can go in any direction should, you know, something come along because that's what's wired in the thinking in the back of their head. So choices, that's how you give a cat choices. Escape routes. I'm going to have to wad up my drawing and throw it away because I was thinking how I was going to be very creative and I was going to make, okay, kitty, here's your A, B, C, D choices. And I was going to put it down on the floor and see which one he stepped on. And that would be his choice. But I guess I throw that away. You they like have to, a better they, answer. <laughs> they like you to give them choices if you like take five different flavors of treats and you put them in a row and you go, okay, which do you like best? They love those kinds of choices. <laughs> okay, so maybe I can implement a little bit of something like that. Yeah, yeah, Tabasco would love for you to do that for him. Okay, let me let me dive into number eleven. See if I get something out of this. So if I'm allowing them choices, I should also probably be allowing them to explore. Makes sense since they're naturally curious and they always want to like be on the other side of the door every time you shut the door. Or you go to the bathroom or something, they're standing outside the bathroom. They always want to be on the other side. Am I getting that one right? Yeah. Number 11 is, is allowing your cat an opportunity to explore. So make sure that they can explore everything in their environment. Like don't have any off limits rooms, you know, and, and for a more confident cat, let them explore the outdoors either, you know, appropriately. That doesn't mean open the door and go, go on, go get them, you know, build a catio, which oh, attaches to the house. I'm going to get in trouble for that one. I'm going to get in trouble for that one. <laughs> so they can go. I'm going to sign you up to, if you want a catio, call Dewey. He will help you design and install it. <laughs> they, Especially those you know, that they, have people's people wrapping up in them. <laughs> <laughs> so that, you know, like you build a cat door to, that goes out to the cat's covered patio area. That's what we call a, a catio. And there's lots of ways to do it. And it gives them an opportunity to explore the outdoors safely. Um, and for cats that are comfortable and you can teach them how to wear a harness and a leash, take them on walks. Cats love to go on little walks and strollers, you know, for the cat that may not be confident enough to go on a walk, put them in a stroller. They have pet strollers that are enclosed. And so you zipper them up in there and uh, we have an all-terrain stroller. So 
we can go like on longer walks or you could even jog with your cat on the all-terrain stroller. They, they love that. So make sure they can explore. They're very curious and they want to explore everything. They don't like being told no. <laughs> we we have an all-terrain uh, uh, stroller, as she mentioned, and I'm always trying to figure out how to get it to push itself, but it hasn't yet. And now we do that, and it's fun. It's a lot of a lot of fun. Okay, so I'm gonna guess here one more time at the number twelve, and I would think that it's probably for confidence building, respect their wants or needs for affection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got to always go at the cat's mm-hmm. pace. If they don't like being picked up, don't do it. If they aren't a lap cat, don't try to make them a lap cat. Let that cat come to you. It's the secret to becoming a cat's best friend by ignoring them. There are actually people that you know have whole podcasts on how to become a cat's best friend. And it says, don't have direct eye contact. Turn your body to the side towards them. You know, let them come to you. Don't approach the cat. Let the cat approach you. It's the same theory of how can you have a dinner party of 12 people and the one person that's allergic or terrified of cats, that cat will go right up to them. It's because they're avoiding eye contact and avoiding calling attention to themselves with the cat. And that's how a cat finds you more um, attractive and less scary. And so that will build up a cat's confidence. You know, they... They really respect you that you're not, you know, in their face and and in their space. Oh, wow. So I made it through all 12. Well, actually half. (laughs) But I think (laughs) I did pretty good getting on there. So do we have a 13 to make a baker's dozen cat confidence list? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do. I can give you a number 13. So it's a baker's dozen cat confidence list. (laughs) Number 13 would be um, food puzzles. That Mm. would be one that we really haven't talked about because food puzzles build confidence because, again, it mimics that hunting sequence. So you leave food puzzles around the house and, uh, and it fulfills that that accomplishment need, you know, oh, look, I, I found it over here. I foraged it and I worked for my food and I got it. That, that helps build confidence in the cat. But yeah, there you go. A baker's oh, dozen. Yay. And you know what? <laughs> After this podcast, I feel more confident because, you know, I got part of these right. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've learned something. So I'm building my confidence also. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. Molly, for another great, great show. And to all the listeners out there, thank you again. Uh, We would love to have you share our podcast with folks. We'd love to hear back from you. Um, And we'd love to expand our global listenership. So please uh, share. Talk to somebody about Cat Talk Radio. It's easy. comes right off the tongue. Very easy. And we'd like for you to explore and check out some of Molly's other resources, such as Facebook and Instagram, where she posts most everything. Like the page. We like it when you like it. So like the page and share it with your friends and your cat, cat buddies friends. and cat friends yeah. and you know all the cat world out there is 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 waiting anxiously to hear some of this. Uh, also go to catbehaviorsolutions.org and go to the behavior boutique 
There's great stuff out there on Behavior Boutique. I say that all the time. Molly really does a lot of work on investigating and reviewing and checking out and testing a lot of products. And all the products that she has uh, connects it to a behavior component. So it's really interesting when you're shopping, when you know that that item can help a certain thing with your cat or with you also. So check that out, Behavior Boutique in CatBehaviorSolutions.org. While you're on that site, also check out Molly's blog. She's always got great information there as well. She's got it all over the place. She wants to make it available to everyone. She's also available for virtual and in-home consultations. And how that works is you essentially send an email to Molly and she will get back to you and set up a consultation and she can do that just about anywhere in the world also with today's technology actually Molly, we make it easier than that don't shoot me an email because if you shoot me an email i'm going to reply and say i'd love to help you but what i need you to do is go to my website and you'll find the initial contact form under the behavior consult button and fill out that form so i have all the background information i need about what's going on with your cat and whether you're looking for an in-home consult or a virtual consult so do that before you shoot me an email, please. No, that's great. Yeah, please do that. And also, I want to let you know that Molly often holds educational seminars and speaking engagements. If you'd like to have her in your area or you would like to have her come speak uh, to a group that you know would be greatly interested, just please shoot us an email and uh, she will get back to you with times and dates and put you on her schedule. So, Molly, thanks again. And thank you. Thank you for being such a great co-host, my love. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, my love. And uh, until next time, keep calm and purr on. Bye-bye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat, toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.